0: Look at me, I didn't even know who said that. All right, elevate, elevate, man, y'all quiet. Let's see this side, y'all got less. If they're louder than you, y'all have a problem. Elevate, elevate, elevate. I don't even think I had to do that twice. So y'all gotta be louder. All right, what's up, guys? Elevate, we're here every Friday, 7 p.m. Be here or don't. But either way, Jesus don't love you. So what we do here at Elevate, we have prizes. So for one visitor in one night, you get candy for both you guys. So Joe, bring your friends. You too, Yuli. You too, Tito. Silver, five visitors in one night, $100 gift card. I wanna see everybody who likes money raise your hand. You're all sinners. No, I'm just kidding. A <laughs> hundred dollar gift card to wherever you want. Leilani says take her out, but I'm on the mic so you can take me out. Woo! <laughs> okay, and gold. Eight visitors in one month. So you got one whole month to do that. To Fridays and to live groups. So if you do that, you get a pizza party. So if you like pizza, can you raise your hand? Julie I know you don't like pizza. You're a fitness freak. Put your hand down, bro. Pepperoni. Who likes pepperoni? Oh, forget all y'all if you don't like pepperoni. <laughs> and then platinum, the most visitors before July third. What are we doing? What? What's July third? What? What? What's that event for? Okay. So who's brought friends already? Raise your hand. Who's brought friends? One person. So he's already got the scholarship. So y'all messed up. All right, most visitors before July third, you get a scholarship to New Orleans. Our mission trip, elevate mission trip. Our next infusion night, April 17th, remember that? Mark your calendars, next infusion night. If you weren't there before, be there now. If you were there before, be there now. Word of our testimony. All right, here we have a goal. Our goal is to love God and love people. Vision. (laughs) Our vision is loving God, loving people. (laughs) Woo, Lord have mercy on my soul. You got me? Okay. Next slide. Alright, and we have a strategy here. First we want to connect you to the cross. We wanna we wanna get you connected to the cross. Come to the church. Learn what Jesus is all about. Learn who he is in your life. Second step, we wanna mentor you in the 101. So you start on the 101 learning 101, going through the discipleship book that we have here and just learning to be a true disciple of Christ. And then from there you graduate to the 201. In 201 you're just learning to be a leader, to be an elder and a deacon in the church. Next what we want to do is send you out to make disciples so evangelism and just repeat the process that was done with you do it to somebody else because Jesus wants every heart not just yours everybody's All right now our goal who knows our goal raise your hand without looking at the screen y'all all looking at the screen y'all cheating look at that All right our goal we want 50 churches in Chicago so Chicago land area not just Chicago like the suburbs and everything but they're not from Chicago so they don't matter Uh 100,000 disciples in Chicago, and then we want 500 churches around the world. If you believe that, let me get an amen. Oh, that was weak. Give me an amen! Uh, that was better, okay. Alright, can everybody stand? Alright, tithes and offerings. Who knows what a tithe is?
1: It's uh, 10% of your total income.
0: Ah, uh, that was right, okay. Clap it up, clap it up. He got it right. He got it right. Offering without looking. Whatever you offer to God after. Okay, all right, all right. So what do we got today for our question? Ten percent of ten dollars and thirty-five cents. Who knows? Raise your hand. Man, nobody knows. Y'all must have failed basic math in school, yo. All right, Yuli knows. I saw Yuli ten. He said $2.35, is that right? Oh, ouch. You were like a dollar off, that's nowhere near close. You did like double that. All right, so now we know Yuli failed basic math, let's move on. All right, everybody repeat after me, Acts 20, twenty thirty-five. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. Lord, we come in your name. We just ask you to bless this service, Lord. Bless the words of the preacher who's going to come up, Lord, and just let it understand. Let it come into everybody's minds and understand, Lord. In your name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah, y'all can sit down. Or y'all can stay standing up. It's up to you. Elevate! Come on, let's guys, pay
2: attention. Elevate! All right, guys, it's time. It's round two of our Bible quiz tournament. Anybody excited? Woo! Are you excited, honey? You excited? Woo! All right. So this is what's gonna happen. It's gonna get tougher. We're not holding back on these guys now. All right. So can I please get Billy? Everybody, get over Billy. And Joby, come on, give it up for Job. oh my gosh, no one even cared. Okay, these are the rules, okay? Can we please lower down the music a little bit? Can we please lower down the music a little bit? Over there. I'm just going to keep doing this until it happens. Just Yes, the powers, okay. So, this is what's going to happen. There's only five questions here. I'm not going over five questions. if you both do not get at least one point, you both are losing. It's not even no grace today, okay, baby. This is what's gonna happen, all right? You're either gonna get into the final round or you you're just gonna go home and eat like some some dairy queen on the way home today. just all sad about it. Like, no, no, I didn't win the Bible quiz. That's what's gonna happen, all right? Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. All right, anybody think that Billy's gonna win? Yeah. No, oh my, no one even thought it. It's okay, Billy. I believe that you can win, okay? I believe. Anybody believe that? Joby's going to win. Make some noise. It's okay, man. The underdog gets the best story, all right? The underdog gets the best story. All right. This is going to happen, all right? Remember, the rules are simple. Very simple, all right? You have to raise your hand if you know the answer. You cannot shout it out loud. If you shout it, you are disqualified for that point. The first person to two points wins. Number one. What are the three names of Noah's sons? I'm gonna need a, a ten, a, a nice, a nice, loud ten countdown. 10 second countdown. Ah, okay, anybody know the answer to that? Shem, Ham, and Japheth, yeah, or Japheth, whatever you want to say. It. All right. Question number two. <laughs> you're like so, you're so, so ready to lose. That's what that looks like. Come on, guys, you got this, all right? If you read your Bible, you will know this. Question number two. Matthew from the New Testament was What? disciple yes but more importantly no <laughs> and you were not even raising your hand okay so you were disqualified for that point no grace today everybody say no grace no grace okay no you wait, come up come back up no you're not done we're not done yet you just you. no 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 what are you doing what are you doing over there honey okay well i guess this is what we're gonna do number three Number three, what is the second longest book in the Bible? Ten seconds. Ten, nine, eight. If you know the answer, please raise your hand. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, you said he knows. What is the answer? Huh? What? You gotta say it loud, man. I can't hear you no no <laughs> anybody else have another answer anybody have an answer to that does anybody not know okay what somebody said proverbs oh my gosh no one knows in this room but me i think okay Leon, do you know yes go ahead
0: is it Job?
2: no you're all wrong you're all wrong you're all wrong In the spirit? What are you talking about? (laughs) The longest book in the Bible is Psalms, but the second longest book in the Bible is Jeremiah. All right. If both of you guys do not win, I'm going to elect somebody to go in your place for the final round. Okay? Okay. I know somebody that I would want to do it. Two more questions for you guys. Number four. Number four. What is the last book of the Torah? Or in other words, the Pentateuch. Count to ten, Lonnie. Before my wife says it, anybody here have the answer to that? <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, I want everybody to stand up and let's gonna, we're all going to repent at the altar now because this guy, <laughs> Deuteronomy, exactly, Deuteronomy. Gosh, no, no, we're not done with it. Last question for you guys. Last question. See, this is difficult, I'm telling you. There's no holds barred right here. (laughs) All right, guys. Question number five. The last question. Please redeem yourselves. Number five. Who was Moses' successor? Everybody say, no grace. Yeah. Do you think that Joby should have the grace? grace. 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 Yeah. Have All right, everybody get up for Joby. He got the question. It was Joshua. Okay, so please give some candy to Billy. Not to him again. Why do people give you candy for? We're also compassionate about you. All right. That was tough. That was really tough. I have (laughs) five more questions. (laughs) I'm just going to throw it over there. So can I please get Tito and Marie up here? (laughs) Woo! Tito, Marie. All right, guys, it's really simple. It's about to happen right here, all right? If you think Tito's going to win, make some noise. If you think Marie's gonna win, make some noise. All right, we'll, we'll be the judge of that. Okay. Question number one How does John 1 1 start? Marie, go ahead.
0: Oh my lord, she
2: got it! Whop, pow, pow, bam, bam! <laughs> Tito's stumbling. He doesn't know. Can he recover? Can he recover? Can he not? I don't know what's going to happen. All right, that was good. Okay, one point. Woo, man, that's. That just, thank you so much. You refreshed, you refreshed the whole entire youth group right now with that. All right, question number two. What to do? church offices are talked about in 1st Timothy chapter 3 <laughs> 10 seconds and okay anybody have the answer to that Alec, elders and deacons, all right? And actually, this Sunday, we're going to have four of our own leaders going to graduate to become deacons this Sunday. So please come on out. It's going to be Steve, Carmen, Tony, and Stephanie. So show them some support. Come on out. <laughs> this guy's crazy right here. All right. Question number three. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Question number three. What is the fifth book of the New Testament? Ten. Are you sure? I don't know, but I'm going to guess. Who's guessing? Romans. Is Romans correct? Is Romans correct, yes or no? Okay, everyone look up your Bible right now and look. Okay, it's correct. Romans is correct, okay? Yes. No, actually it's not. Oh! I was just tricking you guys. I was just tricking you guys. I was just tricking you guys. Don't look at me like that. Gosh, these guys. So it's incorrect. You want You to give a rebuttal. No, Matthew is not the correct answer. Anybody have the correct answer to that? This is the book of Acts. Are you sure? Are you sure? You want to double check alphabetically or chronologically? Okay. All right, we're almost done, we're almost done. Okay, number four. This one's going to be even harder. Because it's just it's the way it is, okay? Everyone say no grace. No grace. No grace. You got to you gotta earn your stripes here, okay? Number four. What is Peter's Aramaic name? <laughs> do 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 do. Ten. Okay, he wants to guess. He wants to guess. Oh, my God. I don't know. Paul. He said Paul. Is Paul correct? (laughs) It is, isn't it? Ah. Judging me. I'm looking over there, over there on that side. Judging me. You can't judge me. (laughs) All right. Anybody want to give a guess to what is Peter's Aramaic name? Carmen. Lawrence. What? All right, Steve. Brian, anybody want to guess? Tony got it, man. Bam, right there. Kafias Kefai, or Kefas—that's what's what it is. I'm sorry, guys. I know, I know. We're we're really difficult, okay. You can. We can love you guys, okay. This one for sure. I'm pretty sure one of you guys are gonna get. All right. All right. Question number five. What is Jesus' mother's name? (laughs) Tito was first. I saw it. Peripheral vision. No, 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 no. You're not, you know, come on. You still, he still would only tie it if he got it right. Mary. Is Mary correct? Is Mary correct? All right, let's get it up for Tito. All right, what are you doing? You're not done yet. We're not done yet. All right. Man, what is the longest gospel? What is the longest gospel? I'll give you multiple choice. It's either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Marie. Luke? Luke, is that correct? Everybody give her Marie! She came back (laughs) While we do it. All right, guys, next week it's gonna be all, oh, man. We got Jovi against Marie for the championship round. Man, came in clutch. That's how it's done. Man, look at that. The bottom the bottom line is read your Bibles and study it, okay? It's a no-one-one. So read your Bible, and study it. All right, guys, I want everybody to pay attention real quick. Now we're gonna get into the word. I want everybody to stand on their feet and give a round of applause for the man with the plan. <laughs> the man does not going to stand. Steven Ramos. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody, can you please take him to the back and talk to him? <laughs> 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 all right, Steve, man, it's all yours. All
1: right, we can be seated, man. Somebody grab a hold of Tony, man. Amen. Do not let that brother come up here again, man. God have mercy. All righty, man. How you guys doing? Amen. Praise the Lord, man. Let's uh let's give it up for Pastor Ellie, man, and his good job. Working out the Bible quiz for us, man. Make it exciting, man. Amen. Let's, uh, let's pray, man. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you, Lord God, Almighty, that we're able to come into the house of God, Lord, and just be ourselves, God. We're able to have fun. We're able to laugh. We're able to enjoy ourselves in your presence, Lord. And now, God, as your word goes forward, Father God, allow us now to get serious, Lord. I pray that you would speak, Lord God. I ask that you would use my lips and my tongue, Father God, to speak your word. And, Lord, may you give me boldness, Lord God, to speak it the way you would have me to speak it, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty, man. Now, as you guys can see, today's uh, sermon is going to be about Jesus, the truth about Jesus. Now, I don't have to go back and start talking about Muhammad and, and go back and talk about Gandhi and all these other little, you know, false, false prophets or whatever that... um that Ellie pretty much, he tapped on a little bit in the series so far. But we talked about in the first series, in the first week or whatever, about atheism and, uh, and deism and all type of isms, right? How many remember that, all right? And the conclusion was that it took more faith to, be, you know, to be an atheist than it actually took to believe in God, all right? So the end result was theism was the main one, the belief in God, all right? Then last week, uh, Ellie brought the message again with fire, and we started talking about the universe and who created it and Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. And, and we, we settled that God was the creator of everything. And I think Ellie did a very good job on that one as well. And now we come down to the nitty-gritty, which is Jesus Christ, right? Somebody give it up for Jesus. Man, that's what I'm talking about, man. So right away, when you hear Jesus, one of the first things that we think about is he's our Savior, right? How many with me? Right? When they ask, man, what about Jesus? You know, who is Jesus? They say, well, he's my Savior. Right? You can go to the next slide. In Titus 3 5c, the C just meaning the end of verse 5 uh, and 6, it says, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That is the truth about Jesus, that He is. The Savior. After that, one person, Jesus, his Christ would say in the next slide. Anytime. That he is a doctor. Mark two seventeen. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And Jesus himself stating that he is a doctor. He is a doctor who came for the sick. So, so far we got he is a Savior, right? And now he's a doctor. And our next slide, he's a rescuer. Galatians 1.4 says, who gave himself, Jesus, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of God and Father. Right here, Paul calls uh, Jesus the rescuer of people from their sins according to the will of God the Father. So Jesus is not God the Father. Jesus is God the Son. A lot of times we walk around and we say, yeah, who is Jesus? Well, he's the Father. He's the Lord. He's no, he's not. Jesus is the Son of God. The Father is the Father. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. That's another, another uh, sermon that we will get into. If you got any questions about that, please see Ellie. Call him, stalk him, whatever. But he is the Son of God. He is not the Father God. All right? If everybody understand us? say amen. All righty. So we got Jesus now. The truth about Jesus so far is that he's a savior, he's a doctor, right, and he's a rescuer. And there's one more, and there's one more, this, this one coming up that we're about to get is going to be uh, another one, the fourth thing or whatever. I could be here all night giving you all type of truths uh, of different things that Jesus is, um, but we're not going to do that. It will take all night. It will take several days probably, you know what I mean? But the thing is, in these three so far, what is the common thing amongst them? If you can go to the next slide. What do all these truths have in common? And what they have in common, if you can move to the next slide, is purpose. Jesus came with a purpose because there was a need. Everybody repeat that with me. Jesus came with a purpose because there was a need. And it's very important to understand that. Jesus didn't come idly and say, well, I'm just a savior, but there's nobody saved. He didn't come and say, I'm a doctor, but there's nobody sick in need of a doctor. He didn't come as a rescuer, and in the, there was nobody there to rescue. He came with a purpose because there was a need. And the last one, the next slide, please, is he came for righteousness. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there was no one righteous, not even one. And that is the main thing that I want to get into tonight, is righteousness. The truth about Jesus and righteousness, because Jesus was the righteousness of God. All right? And according to this verse, the we heard righteousness uh, probably, through, if not, every Friday or Sunday. You guys hear righteousness a lot, right? But how many actually know the meaning of righteousness? Is it doing good deeds? Is it, you know what I mean, trying to be holy and all of that other stuff? According to this context, it says, in the context of the word, it means in right standing with God. That is the righteousness that I want to talk about tonight. The right standing with God. Again, Jesus did not come idly and say, okay, I'm coming as a righteousness of God because everybody's righteous. No. According to the Bible and in in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, Paul said, no one is not righteous, not even one. But yet there's two categories in which I want to touch on tonight. And the categories go as this, one who assumes they are not that bad and claim then to be righteous before God. And the other one is one who has established their own righteousness before God. Now, You may say, Steve, what you, you know? What are you talking about? Well, let's break those two down, all right? So the first one, if you can go to the next slide, people people run around and they say, "Well, I'm not that bad, Steve. I'm not that bad. I don't kill anybody. You know, I'm not. I'm out here raping. You know, I'm not out here uh, stealing. You know, stealing folks' cars or or breaking into houses. You know what I mean? I'm not doing these type of things or whatever. So I'm not that bad in comparison in comparison to that. I'm a pretty good guy. I met a lot of these guys at Mardi Gras when we were out there preaching on the streets. And the exact thing they say was, I'm not a killer. I'm not a murderer. I'm not here stealing. I'm not here doing all these other things. I'm a pretty good guy. I'm going to heaven. I think I'm going to heaven. I got a pretty good chance, right? Because they said, that hey, I'm not that bad. And a lot of us inside this church, and this sanctuary, you guys say, well, I'm not that bad, Steve. I'm pretty good compared to the next man. I'm pretty good. But Paul breaks it down in Romans 3, 11 through 18, says, there is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And you may still say, well, I'm still not that bad. Okay, well, let's see what else it says. It says, their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. Do you use your tongue to practice deceit? to manipulate, to lie to other people, to your mom, your dad, your parents, your brother, your sister, your teacher at school. I just want to go to the washroom. You break out, ditch the vision, do whatever you want to do. So you use your tongue to lie. According to, uh, to Romans right here in Paul, what Paul is saying is that you're guilty. You're guilty. And it goes on to say the poison of vipers is on their lips, always speaking poison out of your lips, breaking other people down. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Anybody here curse? Nobody in this church, of course, because we're all Christians, right? We don't curse. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So in that category, it basically eradicates that first category of people that are thinking, I'm not that bad. Because the thing is, we have we have uh, exampled ourselves with the next man and saying, "Well, according to you know, I mean, the, the, the difference between me and Julian, I probably know some more verses, so I'm not that bad." Or the next man that you see on the street or at school, well, according to the game member, I'm not that bad. I'm doing better than him. But see, we're 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 exampling ourselves and comparing ourselves with the wrong person. Compare yourself with Jesus Christ, and you will soon realize that you are that bad, and that being not that bad doesn't even exist in God's sight, because no one is righteous, not even one. And you may ask, okay, then uh, what about the next one then? And the next one is as follows. You created your own righteousness, and this is the one I want to stay on, because this one is a scary one. This one a lot of us within this church has done. And if not, it's still doing. It It says, created your own righteousness. Romans three twenty-one to 22. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. The law, meaning the Old Testament, and the prophets testify, saying, man, there's a righteousness from God coming. It's coming. A righteousness from God is coming. They didn't say a righteousness from the Ten Commandments. They didn't say a righteousness from the Torah or the Pentateuch as, as uh, one of the questions were. They didn't say from there. They said a righteousness from God is coming. It didn't say a righteousness that was created by man. They said a righteousness from God. It says this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And we may say, okay, well, how is that? How do we create our own righteousness, Steve? What are you talking about, man, with this this whole created righteousness stuff? And see, the thing is, we walk around Elevate and we walk around our lives claiming to be Christians, but yet you're not under the righteousness that came from God. You're under the righteousness that you claim that you created within your own heart, within your own mind, and you called it the righteousness of God. But it's the same thing as adding, grabbing oxygen, if we're able to grab oxygen and putting pollution and mixing it all, the both together, still calling it pure oxygen. It's a lie. Because that oxygen that you're breathing in mixed with that pollution eventually will do what? Anybody, don't be scared. It would kill you. In the same way, when you try to add your own righteousness to the righteousness of God, eventually it will kill you. It will destroy you because it's deception. It did not come from God. It was created by you. And in this world, in this society, we have people creating their own righteousness and calling it the righteousness of God. And say, well, God is cool with me because I go to church on Fridays. God is cool with me because I keep some laws. You know what I mean? I I don't put no gods before him. I don't murder. I don't steal. I don't covet. But yet you dishonor your mother and your father. The Bible says if you break one law, you've broken them all, and you're guilty. So your righteousness only goes as far as that, because by the end of this day, you have already broken about two or three laws. And in fact, you have broken all of them then. But this righteousness that you have created has deceived many of us in the fact that we actually believe and think that our righteousness in which we created is acceptable in God's sight. And God is saying no. In fact, he's saying even more than no. He said, I am tired of it now, and it must change, or destruction will come. And the question is, we go to the next slide, whose righteousness are you in? Romans 9, 30 through 32 and 10, 3 says, What then shall we say that the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith? But the people of Israel who pursued the law as the way of righteousness have not attained their goal. Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as it were, by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. Romans 10.3 says, Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. And see, what happens is that the stumbling stone that they're talking about is Jesus Christ. See, one thing about Jesus Christ is that he's not going to move for anybody. His truth is not going to like defer or bend a little bit just because you created your own truth and think it's in alignment with God and he accepts that. It's not going to happen. See, Jesus Christ stands there on his truth. Solid, secure. He's not sitting in heaven insecure like oh my goodness Tito's got a good blueprint out he's got a good method of righteousness that looks better than mine he ain't sitting there like that he's securing his position he's securing his truth and his righteousness through Jesus Christ so every time you try to come past it Jesus Christ is standing in solid and what happens is that you're not knocking Jesus over you're stumbling over and you will constantly stumble over Jesus Christ because his righteousness and truth will not move it's not shakeable. It don't matter what kind of blueprint you have. It don't matter what kind of, of method you guys have. They say that the Bible means basic instruction before leaving earth. It doesn't matter if you change it to say my instruction before leaving earth. It doesn't mean anything in God's sight. And a lot of us created this righteousness, and we called it the righteousness of God, but it's a false righteousness. It's like, a, it's like claiming to have a half-truth and still saying that it's truth. It's not. It's a lie a half-truth can never be the truth, at least not the full truth, absolute truth, and Jesus Christ is absolute truth. So we say, man, Steve, what are you saying then, man? Are you saying that I'm not saved? Are you saying that I lost my salvation, or for that matter, was I even saved from the get-go? That's a good question, man, and the Bible actually answers that question. If we could move on to the next slide, Romans 10.1. It says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. See, the Israelites and the Gentiles were two people that Paul was talking about in the Roman church. One of them received the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, did not add to it, did not take from it. While the Israelites, on the other hand, had this type of righteousness that they created within themselves because they were given the Ten Commandments. They were given the laws of God. They were given the prophets and all these other things. Their mom was going to church. Their dad was in SUM. And they thought, man, if, if, you know what I mean, my parents are doing this stuff, I must be saved because our father is Abraham. And the whole time, the Bible just said that they created their own righteousness. And because they did that, they did not submit to God's righteousness. See, when we create our own righteousness, we will then refuse to submit to God's righteousness. And you know what happens after that? We start claiming stuff like homosexuality is God's will. I can smoke weed sometimes. God's cool. I'm going to repent later on. What? That's not in my Bible. That's not in mine. I can just go to church on Fridays or whatever and grace God with my presence Give him the thumbs up, and he's going to give me that smiley face Jesus back and say right on, man. Thank you for coming to my house and gracing me with your presence. God have mercy. But this is what we believe, though. We think that we come every Friday to elevate or sometimes even upgrade ourselves and go Sunday, that we're doing God a favor because it's our own righteousness. And God is saying, no, it's not going to fly. And in this verse right here, Israelites thought they were saved. They thought because they created their own righteousness, they were cool with God. But yet Romans 10.1 says that they were not saved. It says, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Steve, am I saved then? That's a question you need to ask yourself today. Have you submitted to the righteousness of God? Or are you constantly stumbling over it when Pastor Ellie preaches or Leilani or one of the leaders preaches to you and say, man, are you submitting to God's righteousness? Are you living holy? Are you living pure? Are you playing church? What are you doing? And every single time you refuse to admit the facts and you stumble and you fall down. And it's going to be like that. Thank God you're not destroyed yet. Thank God that you're just stumbling and there's still hope for you to repent and actually submit. To the righteousness that comes from God, not a righteousness that comes from this world that says this, that, and the other. So we say, Steve, man, what is the righteousness of God? If you can go to the next slide, Romans ten four says, "Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes." That is the righteousness of God. It's to everyone who believes. And see, the thing is, it's so important with this verse right here, man, because we started off with God being what? The Savior, right? God being the doctor. God being the rescuer from sin. See, but in order for God, right, to have that impact in your life, you first have to believe and admit the fact that I need a Savior. I need some healing. I need a rescuer from my sins. I need Jesus. See, it's not a matter of you getting Jesus. It's a matter of you coming to the understanding that you actually need Jesus. Because there's two differences there. You can be given Jesus Christ, but if you never realize the fact that you actually need Jesus Christ for yourself, you would never submit to the righteousness of God. You would continue to create a righteousness that comes from your own self that is not valid in God's sight. Because you would say, Jesus was given to me. So? And you never came to a realization that you actually need the truth, that you actually need saving, that you actually need healing. You actually need rescuing. And most of all, you need righteousness to be in right standing with God. And many of us came to this altar and we claimed Jesus. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Lord. And we cried and we, you know, we shed some boogers and we, we did all this stuff at the altar, you know. went from there. But the whole time, you never recognize or realize that I actually need a Savior, man. I need rescuing. I'm a sinner, and I'm apart from God. So what do we do then, Steve? What happens now? What is believe then? If we can go to the next slide. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And we may say, man, Steve, I prayed exactly that. I prayed just that. But I believe the problem was that you guys only went or we only went halfway down this verse. And we said, well, if you we declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Okay, yes, yeah, Jesus is Lord. Boom, give me my gold ticket. I'm out of here. No, man. And then you wonder why you keep on stumbling. Why do I keep on going backwards? Why do I keep on sinning? Why do I keep on doing the things that I'm doing? Why, do I, why, why is it like that? Why am I comfortable with this stuff? I'm going to tell you why. Because you forgot the latter half of that verse. It says, in your heart, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart you believe and are justified, just if I'd never sinned. See, there's something about this heart, man. And I remember last time I preached on the heart. There's something about the heart, man, that God always talks about. And the reason why is because, man, if they can just get me in their heart, I would then begin to start affecting their whole life. See, when you believe God from the heart, that Jesus Christ is truth, that Jesus Christ came to bring righteousness between me and God from your heart, which is the center of your whole being, it would begin to affect your mind. It would begin to affect your hands and what you're doing in this world. It would begin to affect your feet and which direction and course of life you're taking. It will begin to affect your emotions and your feelings and your love. It will begin to affect your eyes and your ears at what you look at and what you listen to. It will begin to affect your lips and your tongue to the point that you're consumed by Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is what believe means. It's not believing that I can sit in these chairs because they look durable but hold me up. It's believing in Jesus Christ as the absolute truth to such a degree that it affects your whole life. That you can't just move your hands without doing something for Jesus. You can't just walk somewhere without telling somebody about Jesus. You can't just think the whole day without thinking about Jesus. It affects your whole being, your whole understanding about Jesus Christ. That is the belief that God wants us to have. That belief. And it says, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. When you have that kind of belief, you can't help but to talk about Jesus. You can't help but to profess your faith and tell other people that you're saved. That's what it says. Your mouth that you will profess your faith and are saved. Profession is telling people, man, I have faith in Jesus. Y'all don't even understand what he did in my life. You start telling people about salvation. You start telling people about righteousness, about what he did in your life. And watch how it makes a difference, man. I'm not talking about this self-righteousness. I'm talking about God's righteousness today. How many of us have God's righteousness today and not a righteousness that you have created on your own? And put rules and regulation, and do this, did this whole picture thing. You added colors to it and stuff. Use Crayola, Crayola crayons, and, and magic markers, and put some glitter on it, and you pizzazzled that thing. And you said man, this is my, this is my blueprint, man, for righteousness. Look what I do. look what I can do. Look what I created. And that thing will burn up with you and that paper in hell, because it needs, it means nothing to God. We all can stand. Next slide, please. He says, Steve, well, what can I do then, man? Because I've been having this righteousness of my own. I created my own righteousness. And I called it the righteousness of God. But in reality, I've been playing games with God. I've been playing church, Steve. But then when I go home on Saturday, man, I'm cursing out my OG. When I go home on Saturday, man, I'm, 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 you know, doing self-pleasure and I'm watching pornography, man. I'm coming at guys on Facebook, on the DM. I'm doing all these other things, Steve. I've been living a lie. I created my own righteousness, and I thought be going to church or reading my Bible, sometimes or going to a life group, was going to save me. There's hope, though, man. And his name is Jesus. That is the truth about Jesus. I would encourage you guys, man, to acknowledge your need of saving, healing, and rescuing. Believe with your heart that Jesus is the righteousness of God and Lord of your everything. And lastly, live and tell the world for and of Jesus, of his saving power and righteousness. If you guys been living, man, like this, like you are not in need of a Savior. If you are not in need of a doctor or some rescuing, then I would ask you, man, to check your heart, man because you may be having a different heartbeat than we are. You may be having some different blood than we are because there was a time where I was a sinner in need of some saving when I was in a Cook County jail fighting for my life. And I knew right there and then when he called my name that I needed a savior. I needed a healer that would heal my brokenness and heal my heart. I needed rescuing, not just from that jail. The jail was just a temporary or I would say a material thing. I needed some eternal rescuing. And I needed righteousness to be in right standing with God. And God answered that prayer, man. Because he's seen that it was not a matter of gimme, gimme, gimme. It was a matter of God, I need you. I need you as my Savior. I need you as my healer, I need you. As my rescuer and ultimately, I need you, Jesus, to bridge that gap so I can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you guys can bow your heads, man. I don't know what you guys are struggling with. I don't I, I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know if you guys have been living a lie or, or living the truth. If you guys have been playing church. If you guys created your own righteousness and called it the righteousness of God. But what I do know is that tonight, today, is a day of salvation. Today, Jesus Christ is knocking on your heart. And he's saying, man, confess me and believe in me with your heart. See, Jesus didn't come idly as a savior, healer, or a rescuer. He came because there was a need. He came because we need saving. We need a doctor. We need rescuing from our sin to turn from them, amen. I want to encourage you guys, man, these altars are open. If I can have some leaders come up here. You guys might have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, many odd times. But yet, when you left this altar, man, you continued to do the same thing over and over again. And you said to yourself, well, at least I go to church. God is cool with me. If you haven't been living that lie, man, I would advise you guys. I would plead with you guys. Come up here, man, and receive Jesus. These guys are more than able, more than, than capable, man, to lead you guys to Christ. Receive Jesus tonight. Repent of your the false ways you've been living and the false life you guys have been living, man. Turn from it and accept the righteousness of God. Because ultimately, that same stumbling stone is going to be the capstone that crush everything. The main stone, Jesus, the rock. Line of Judah. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord God, for your word, Lord God, which is truth, God. I thank you for who you are, God Almighty. You're not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man to repent, God, but whatever you said, that you will also make right, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came in the flesh. You died on the cross for our sins. Fool, man, Fool, God to bridge the gap between man and you, God, that we may be forgiven of our sins and brought into a relationship with you, Jesus, the righteousness of God. I pray, God, that you would see the hearts of the people here today, God, and that Holy Spirit, you would begin to tug on them and bring to the surface, Lord God, the lies and the deception, Lord God, that the enemy has given them, Lord, that they can create their own righteousness and yet call it the righteousness of God, but in the end, it's still a lie. God, have your way, Lord. Be exalted in the mighty name of Jesus. God, have your way tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you guys need prayer, man, you guys can come up and get prayer. But Annette, you guys are dismissed to, uh, to enjoy the rest of the day. And um, again, my encouragement man, is get prayer, man. Live for Jesus.